I hate cliffhangers. Stallone's movie? No, that's cliffhanger, right? I meant, you know, uh, cliffhangers in uh, series and all that they'll stop the final episode at one interesting point and you have to wait the whole freaking year to uh, watch the next episode and find out what happened. But that's how they keep you interested in watching that again, right? Yeah, I know, but it's something you love to hate, you know, that kind of thing. Especially uh, I just finished watching Mind Hunter. which is currently my favorite uh, series because you know why it's my favorite don't you because <laughs> you like serial killers and you are a psycho yeah anyway i i'd like to thank your uh, colleague for suggesting it uh, thanks to him i just loved the series and because of that we are here right now talking about another serial killer this will be the fifth i think the fifth installment of the serial killer series Yeah, he's a listener of our podcast. So if he, uh, you know, downloads and listens to this episode, your thanks is directly going to go to him. Okay. So Praveen, that was for you. Oh, he'd be fine with uh, you mentioning the name. So yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I thought, you know, why not get back to the serial killer series once again? And uh, this time, uh, you know, there is a f- some kind of s- a twist in this because uh, instead of going for the famous, uh, well-known serial killers from the West. I have gone with someone from India. And you know what this has some kind of connection to me as well. Not in a way that you're thinking right now but it will unravel as we go deeper into the story. Yeah, exactly that's absolutely true. So um this guy his name is Mohan Kumar but he's famously known as Cyanide Mohan. <laughs> he like to eat cyanide. <laughs> How many times do you think he'd eat? <laughs> there was a, a misconception or i don't know whether it is true people used to say that nobody knows the taste of cyanide uh, some people have tried to ingest cyanide and try you know in the short span that they get to react some people have start you know i've heard this story when i was young one doctor tried eating cyanide and he just wrote an s before he could write anything more he died now we don't know whether it is sweet salty or spicy or sour it sour. can be sour yeah but it is actually sour is what i've heard huh. yeah oh i've seen like someone uh, i think there is a youtube channel called somebody's lab i don't remember the name of the guy <laughs> but Dexter's he's very popular he 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 posts like amazing content which is related to science like chemistry especially uh-huh. so he has like ingested you know small small uh, amount of cyanide and you know you mix it with lot of water but then that dilutes the taste as well right? right how yeah. would you know the taste so no he never mentioned about the taste mm-hmm. i was just saying that someone has done that okay. kind of experiment and what happens is that even though it's like such a small content right it'll paralyze you know your uh, muscles for a few seconds like at particular areas so which is effects feel anything like yeah that? yeah he goes through the whole experience and he uh, tells us you know right away man. it's like a 10 minute video you have to check it out but i don't remember <laughs> the guy's name man <laughs> which is really sad <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Writer and Geek Show. We are your hosts Vishnu and Shankar, and in this episode, we are going to talk about Cyanide Mohan. He is another serial killer from India. <laughs> okay, so Cyanide Mohan, uh, he was born in 1963, and uh, the peculiar thing about this guy is that he is a pretty normal person. You know, unlike yeah. other serial killers. 
ഹിസ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ്റിംഗ്സ്റ
Madikeri is Mysore of course yeah uh, and uh, like a lot of other places like uh, Puttur Puttur is where we stopped last time we went to Mangalore and had our masala dosa then uh, Bantwal is there Bantwal something? is also close to Mangalore it's wow. there's, a, there's a radio uh, railway station i remember wow so yeah the crime here is coming i mean if you are if you have a doubt with the pronunciation i can help probably because you <laughs> you, you might have to yeah. because there are like lot of uh, you know places names and all that so he has committed around like 20 murders and uh, out of which most of them are from um, uh, happened in mysore and uh, around like two of them happened in kasaragod <laughs> so and it happened during that period of time when you were there but uh, there are like varied accounts uh, regarding his uh, you know crime spree that span it's like 2003 to 9 somewhere i saw 4 to 9 and other places it's like 5 to 9 so i don't know which one is true but it's around like 2003 to 9 and uh, his uh, needs for committing these crimes were like mostly sexual reasons and also for money so um what this guy used to do is like he used to uh befriend a person like a woman uh mostly like when he meets them at the bus stop or somewhere uh, where you can socialize and he'll start a conversation with them and uh, this guy is in his mid 40s at this time okay when he started this crimes because uh, 64 3 he was born 2003 like 2005 he was like in his early 40s and he'd start a conversation with them mostly the girls who are uh, in their you know 20s or 30s and he'll figure out where they are from what kind of person uh, they are their uh, religion their caste all their details he'll collect and uh, he'd just be that kind of person who a uh, woman wants when they're like vulnerable okay he was a stud or something i don't know like he he, he just he just knew how to like uh, figure out a person who is in need of a, a helping hand kind of yeah so uh, what he'd do after that is he'd collect their phone number and start a conversation with them and then uh, get it to a place where you know th- he can like propose mm-hmm. a, a marriage proposal something like that and then uh, he would ask them you know we can elope without telling our family or something so that we can have a happy life what he'd do is like they'll take them to a far away place if uh, the girl is from mysore he would take uh, her to like even uh, what is that kasaragod and be like you know we'll get married tomorrow so you get your ornaments and everything and we'll stay at this hotel tonight and we'll get married tomorrow So what happens is like that night they engage in sexual activities mm-hmm. uh, and the next morning he'll uh, take them to a bus stop ask them to like uh, place all the valuables and all the clothes and everything at their room and they'll go to the bus stop just before the wedding ceremony happens and he'll be like you know what we had unprotected sex mm-hmm. so uh, to avoid uh, getting pregnant uh you should have a contraceptive pill mm-hmm. and he'd give them a pill laced with cyanide <clears throat> and ask them to take the pill going inside the washroom which is present in the bus stop while they are taking it he'd go back they'd of course they'd be dead mm-hmm. and he'll go collect all the ornaments the phones everything which is left behind and he'll flee the scene so uh and this happened like in different uh, different places this is happening right even in kempagowda bus station this has happened like in, three or four times what in bangalore in bangalore yeah that's what 
think about it the the vicinity where it has happened kempagowda we have been there a lot of times the bus it's station the bus station you know because yeah. it, it oh you didn't know that i didn't know this part i thought it was mainly mysore and kasargod and our surrounding areas but now it's like it's it's extending all the way from kasargod to bangalore yeah so uh, this is how we used to operate and like he just knew how to target women who are vulnerable who needed you know who are uh, like probably in the stage to get married but they are not able to find the right person so he swoops in and be uh, he he act as if he is the right guy uh, by talking to them he even you know uh, changes his name like tell them the a false name which is similar to the, whatever caste they uh, belong to you know uh like he has he has different name like shashidhar pujari was one of his name wow. uh, you know which he gave so to he, one he, of the he was women. really a man with a plan i think yeah right? seriously so and considering how difficult it is to uh for for women to talk to strangers in our country especially in you know remote areas i'm like he really had a either a charming personality or some some kind of weird plans or something that's what like after he was caught like all all the people who mingled with him like he didn't have anything special it seems and he had kept a diary of you know whoever he has tried to you know hit on mm-hmm. and uh, like he has marked with a red pen uh, next to the peop- uh, women he has not been able to do anything with okay and the ratio uh, which is given is like he has been successful like once in every five tries wow which is pretty awesome no in that not in that sense like yeah. i mean pretty, which is pretty high it's meant pretty high okay you can cut that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so which is pretty high uh, and that's what i said he seemed very normal mm. but he had this kind of personality which uh could identify p- women who are vulnerable and take advantage of them yeah that is some kind of a psychological skill so he probably knew a little more about uh what to present in front of a woman so that she falls prey yeah the emotional sentimental yeah. factor like uh, which could help them he might also have done some background study on them to understand their background and what they're going through and if something weird has happened in their life during this time yeah so he'd uh, take his time like 2 3 months to scout a uh, target and uh, you know finally go and approach them so like we have talked about his modus operandi right now so uh, going back like we have to give a little bit of history about him right so i told him like he is he was married thrice and uh, he was a school teacher primary school teacher and he met his wife there Uh, she was in 7th grade and he was a teacher then they waited till she got to the age of 18 and they got married but later on it didn't work out they got divorced and he happened to have an affair with a woman later on like around early 2000s and uh, what happened is like uh, when uh, he asked for marriage she rejected so they were uh, having this conversation uh, at netravati bridge like they were on netravadi bridge while having this conversation and she rejected the proposal so he got angry and it said that we don't have a conclusive evidence for this it's it said that this guy pushed that woman from the bridge wow okay I, this netravadi bridge is something that i used to cross maybe once every month or two months while going from kasargod to mangalore where i used to catch my train back to home 
So wow. yeah, I, I looks like a- <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> That makes this like a lot more creepier. Yep. Well, um, uh, yeah. So he he pushed her out of the bridge, and uh, there were like few witnesses, one auto driver or someone, and it it turned into a big case. But the thing was, he was not convicted because uh, the woman didn't appear in the court. but she if she's dead then how is she she, di- she didn't die she was saved by the oh, auto okay, driver okay. yeah i forgot to mention that she was she was saved but the thing was he was never convicted because she didn't appear mm-hmm. and uh, but the thing was he was i mentioned that he was a school teacher from uh, 80 to right. 2003 because of this he was fired so his only means of income uh, got cut down there and uh, probably that's one reason which led to him uh, you know committing these crimes for survival and over that later on him he he married he was married to like two other women too so he had to take care of them he had kids like four kids so uh, because of that probably he needed money and got into this thing and also to uh, satisfy his uh, sexual needs and as said his killing spree started in uh, 2003 to 2000 uh, and uh, went on till 2009 approximately 2003 and uh, one other thing about uh, his modus operandi is that he used cyanide and you might be knowing that it's not easy to procure cyanide right except if you're a goldsmith exactly so he had this goldsmith friend who uh, probably during one of the conversation like told him that cyanide has this property where if you consume a small quantity the person would die yeah so he procured this uh, cyanide from him and uh, he procured around like 1 kg of it and back then it was available for 1 uh, kg was available for around 250 bucks wow. 250 rupees which is around 4 dollars yeah so he procured it from him and uh, he laced the pills with the cyanide and used it for all his uh, murders so uh, there were around 20 uh, murders committed by him and uh, so one thing which is very bizarre is that the police had no idea what was happening so randomly over here and there bus stops you they were finding like women dead because of poisoning and they didn't even conduct proper autopsy post mortem to figure out what has actually happened it was later on that a few only like a, a couple of uh, autopsies which proved that uh, they they died due to cyanide poisoning and uh, they were never able to connect the incidents and figure out that it was actually a serial killer's work so uh, one more thing is that they got to know about the murders a lot later because uh, once he'd give the uh, cyanide lace pills to these uh, women they'd go inside the washroom they'd lock it from inside and uh, consume it so once they died people wouldn't get to know that uh, they are inside so it took a lot of time for them to figure out that the door is locked and there's someone inside probably dead or alive and they figured out uh, a lot later by the time he would have escaped and all that so uh, till 2009 they were not able to figure out and the story is like pretty interesting how uh the police got to know that it's not actually a uh, independent you know suicide case cases but actually it's the work of a serial killer so uh, there was this girl named anita barimar who was from bantwal right mm. she was a 22 year old girl uh, and uh, our hero 
he had befri- befriended her and uh, after uh, after like two two months or something uh, he had proposed her like marriage to her and uh, they were about to you know uh, he took her to uh, mysore and uh, they were staying at this hotel and uh, they had engaged in sexual intercourse then next day he took her to the bus stop and told her you know um, just not to get pregnant you'll have to have this and she died so uh, what happened is that the police because they didn't conduct the autopsy or like try to find the family or something none of these victims were identified by their relatives so uh, what happened uh, in bantwal is that people thought that this was a love jihad case mm. which means that it's a case where uh, muslims they marry hindu women uh, so that they can convert them mm. to islam so they uh, the community thought that this is what happened and she had eloped with a muslim guy and she got married so they th- there was a community unrest like communal unrest which happened and they went to bantwal <laughs> police station they were about to like cause chaos and uh, they were like you know we need an answer to this because uh, religion was involved that's when the police you know they were like okay we have to do something about it they started an investigation and moreover uh, that region has a little bit of communal unrest uh, you know even before oh, and after that so uh, there have been some kind of riots and stuff like that so i'm sure that cops don't want that to happen again you would be like you would have like proper knowledge about that right yep. <laughs> yeah so uh, where was i yeah so the police started the investigation so the first thing you do is like you check the phone records and when they check the phone records they came to know that uh, other than the relatives there was one fo- uh, phone call coming from this particular number like a lot of times okay and they checked it with their relatives and no one were able to like figure out who that is from so when they uh, put it across to the phone company they came to know that it was someone uh, named kaveri manku from madikeri so what happened is like they were surprised to know that this lady is missing for like a few months so they thought like there is some some kind of issue which is connecting all the, uh, these two murders and they uh, went and checked her kaveri's phone records mm-hmm. and they got to know that there was there was this particular number from which she got a lot of calls which her family was not able to identify it was from pushpa uh, vasukoda from kasargod okay so the way i see it he kills a woman takes her phone number yes. to start conversation with the next yes wow. yeah so he had it all covered man think about it only probably like the first victim knew his actual phone number <laughs> that's like i so, don't know but, i can't but again, imagine it, it was helpful because it helped in establishing the link between the different murder murders yeah. right because if you get one phone number the link to the other phone number reveals the other person who was murdered so that forms a serial yeah but probably he never used his own phone number like yeah. back then it was easy to get a number like from somewhere from with someone else's id i remember in our college these Uh, mobile operators used to come and give out sims for 5 rupees and stuff like that yeah and i even if you give some kind of id or some kind of names they used to accept yeah it. that's what so the thing is even if they uh, you know went behind the trail and like solved like the 20 odd murders they wouldn't have caught them but there was one folly from his side you know he made a like every other guy <laughs> exactly so and the trail went from pushpa to another woman named uh, vinuta pigina 
I don't exactly. We have been butchering a lot of names these days. Yeah, from Puttur. And uh, finally, what happened is like they figured out that uh, one of the phone numbers, right, phone, had been used recently. It was switched on recently. So they tracked it using the network thing, and uh, the signal came from Derala Keta. So uh, they tracked it down. and they were able to figure out that it the phone was with uh, a boy named dhanush so they questioned this uh, boy and they got to know that it was given to them by uh, his uncle who is mr mohan <laughs> think about it the kind of break so till then they actually they didn't know that it was a, uh, it was the work of a serial killer mm. they thought this was actually a sex racket like a prostitution racket which right. was going around the state two states and this proved to be a major break and they stra- they didn't they didn't straight away go to uh, mohan's place and arrest him instead they scouted the whole place they they like uh, followed him and figured out he was actually trying to you know uh, befriend another woman and do the same thing to her so they went and met this woman and told her this is the case you'll have to help us do one thing like uh plan a meeting with him and we'll figure the rest out so that's how he was apprehended and he was apprehended in october of 2009 that was a time when we shifted to bangalore i remember oh yeah october 10th or 11th yeah and uh, once he was apprehended they were able to find like a lot of things which belonged to the women like uh, the gold uh, ornaments their personal items their phones and also they were able to figure out like he used to do like a lot of bank frauds and forgeries wow he had like a lot of checks which were like forged and he had used all these things to you know uh, get money from the banks so it was not just uh, <laughs> uh, what is that murders he uh, he was actually a very cunning person who was involved in a lot of other activities so which means that he seemed normal but he was not at all normal and uh, he was arrested in uh, october 2009 and he the police when they questioned him he uh, immediately confessed to all the things and he even uh, said the tally would probably be around 32 mm-hmm. but eventually like when it came to the court he uh, of course you wouldn't uh, you know admit to uh, all the killings right and he even uh, refused an attorney for him saying that you know they'll all be like biased mm-hmm. and uh, only i can take care of this thing uh, if i want to like survive and uh, yeah so uh, he he's been in jail since 2009 he goes through all the law books and has been practicing law on his own so he's been convicted for five uh, murders out of which uh, two are death penalties and three are uh, life sentences actually uh, out of the five three were uh, death penalties but later he um, countered for one of the murder conviction and uh, it was actually changed to uh, life imprisonment so this is the man behind the murders spree which happened from 2005 to 2009 which killed around 20 women <laughs> 